Ladies and gents, welcome to the Fear Being Average podcast, where we talk truth within regard to the health, wellness, and performance side of things. On today's episode, we look at developing a winning mind. This is of utmost importance if you are looking to accomplish anything personally, professionally, emotionally, mentally, you got to make sure you develop a mindset that is prepared to handle success gracefully and achieve that level of success. So we break down eight different specific outlines of how you can go about developing that winning mindset that some of the most successful and wealthy individuals in the world and most fulfilled individuals of the world use and implement into their daily routine to make sure that they're seeing life through a clear lens that is built around how to optimize their situation and continuously develop and win. Like always, guys, please rate, share, comment, message me about the podcast and keep listening to the podcast, of course. And guys, enjoy today's episode. And we are back with the good old Fear Being Average podcast, episode number seven, the health, fitness, and performance series. Life is good, guys. Life is good, and we got a good episode today. We got the sun shining, and we got a great topic to dive into. Obviously, we've done a lot of fitness and health content. Um, this one's going to go a little bit more down the the path of performance, and um, they all, you know translate to one another right that they're all interconnected to some degree performance and health and fitness and, and uh, mindset so today uh, on today's podcast we're jumping into the topic of developing a winning mind right so improving your mindset developing a mindset based around becoming a winner in life and i know that that term can be a little bit you know offensive some people right winners and losers in life not in this soft world that we're living in nowadays, but there are winners and losers in life, right? There's and again, the way you can define that, the way I define it, at least, winners are people that you know keep pulling themselves up. They have a positive attitude. They have a healthy approach and outlook to life. They get things done. They're happy. They're fulfilled. They're stimulated. They're engaged. They're productive. Where where the losers of life would be the opposite of that, right? They would come up with excuses and they would complain and they would bitch and they would moan and they would rationalize and they would procrastinate and they would settle for a life far less fulfilling than what they actually want. Um, And yeah, and that's that's kind of the the main differences between the two. So obviously, we all want to have a winning mindset. We want to be the person that prospers, that has, you know, wealth and health, and lives an exciting, stimulating lifestyle. Um, but there's a, there's an approach to get there, right? We all want it, but what does it take to get there? How can we do it? What do we need to do in order to actually achieve the mindset of a winner, of an elite athlete, of a high performer, of a high achiever, of someone who is genuinely, authentically happy and fulfilled in the person they are? Which, again, is probably few and far between, right? How many people are genuinely excited about the life they're living um, across all pillars? And this is something I wrote a blog about 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 half a year ago, um, talking about the uh, being a five-tool player, right? And you know, making sure that all those five pillars of your life or five tools of your, li- of your life are being nurtured. And that's where I see someone who really has a winning mindset uh, adopted is when they can actually take that winning mindset and they place it across all those pillars. So they're not neglecting any important areas of their life, but they're authentically fulfilled across the board, right? They're evenly fulfilled. Um, obviously, you might have a better body than how much money you make. Uh, but even in terms of all of those areas are being nurtured and you feel like you're winning in all of those areas. So we're going to go into, we got eight of them. We got eight points in terms of how to develop a winning mindset. These are the eight that really stick with me as a leader in an industry, whether it's the fitness and health industry or, you know, when I was in sales and building leaders and had my own business and 
running my own company and having to build more and more leaders, this was the stuff we talked about day in, day out. You know, tons of conferences and tons of workshops and every day the high energy of how to build that winning mindset because every day you had to win. I, I worked commission-based jobs and every day I, I had to show up and win. I had to show up and produce. I had to have the mindset that attracted other leaders. And I had to be the person that you know won the day so to speak. And I couldn't afford to come in with a losing mindset and talk about what's not going well, talk about why I didn't hit my numbers that day. Uh, I was never going to build a successful team nor a successful business. I was never going to get promoted if that was the case. And I wouldn't have hit high numbers when I transitioned to, you know, good life fitness and, you know, accomplished some, some pretty cool awards there. Um, that took a winning mindset and that translated over to me building my brand and business of Brandon Rinka 365 um, and doing some of the crazy challenges I do and now doing record setting projects and, and you know, supplying a, a few different programs and opportunities for people to really change their lives. And I wouldn't be able to do those things if I didn't have a winning mindset. And, and again, that takes time, right? And, and there's constant growth. I'm, I'm developing a even greater winning mindset as the days and weeks and months and years go by. And that's, it's a constant uh, approach to, to life. That's for sure. So, Let's dive into it uh, with number one here. And we're going to start off with the probably the most obvious thing, and that's look for the positive. Um, if you want a winning mindset, you have to be able to see the positive in different situations and scenarios, right? Because there's always going to be two ways to look at something. There's always going to be two choices and two paths to go down. And you can either be the person that looks at it, you know, glass half full or glass half empty. Right, and you've probably met people like that where you'll meet the one person and they'll talk all about what's not going well in their life. They'll talk about COVID nineteen and they'll talk about, you know, how this is affecting their life and you know, they'll complain and they'll bitch and they'll moan all about how this is affecting them and how we're never gonna get out of this and how life is is a piece of crap. And then you get the other person that makes the best out of the situation, right? They take COVID nineteen, for example. And they use it to their advantage, right? They find opportunities within. They look for internal growth. They look for the light within the situation, right? Rather than saying, well, oh my God, I have to stay home and I, I can't get out and this or that. It's like, well, I have op the other person would be looking at it through the lens of, hey, I have more opportunity to connect with you know, my, my family from home and, and create um, a community based around a really tight-knit family and I have an opportunity to work on some self-growth and I'll have more time to to work on myself my personal relationships uh, than ever before and there's less need for me to be in the office and doing travel and all that sort of stuff right so there's two approaches and, and obviously the winning mindset approach would be looking for the positive um, one way we can look at that is is when someone's presented with an with a challenge or a task of some sort you can either look at it as, you know, opportunity or pressure, right? And and pressure typically will push you away from that opportunity. You're not going to want to run with it up with that opportunity because all you see and all you're focused on is what if I fail and what if this doesn't work out and this and that. So it's all about the negative, right? It's all you you manifest this imagery in your head of what's going to go wrong. Where the other individual would look at it through the lens of, okay, what can this opportunity provide me? You know, what is this a stepping stone for? Um, and seeing pressure as a good thing and seeing pressure as an opportunity to really mold them into the individual they want to be, to hone their skill set, to, to help them master, you know, collecting their emotions and performing at a high level while under the, the microscope, right? So there's two big approaches there and two big differences, sorry. Um, then it's the get to versus the I have to mindset. And this one is, is very common uh, that we see from a, you know someone with a negative mindset compared to someone with a positive mindset. So there's always two ways to look at something, right? I get to do something or I have to do something. You know, some easy examples um, for me in the sales game, right? I have to make a sales call or I get to make a sales call, right? So I have to be looking at, oh my God, I have to you know, bug this person at work and they're gonna say no to me and they're gonna hang up the phone and such a waste of my time. And the, the I get to is I get to call this person, I get to provide some energy into their day and I get to actually create a potential lead 
and a potential sale for myself, and I get to potentially make more money based on this call right here. Um, I get to versus I have to in terms of I get to work out or I have to work out, right? How crazy is that difference, right? Someone that says I have to work out, they're going to you know kick their kick their feet as they walk to their car and they're going to show up and they're going to put in a half-ass workout where the person says I get to, they're thrilled with the idea that they get to put their body under some sort of stress and stimulus that is going to release a whole bunch of endorphins, make them feel much more confident, develop strength, improve their body composition. It's a whole new approach, right? We can do the same thing for cooking, for having to go for a walk, for reading at home, right? There's the two sides of the coin and there's two ways to look at it, but the winning mindset looks for the positive in the opportunity, right? In the situation. And it doesn't always mean you have to be the most positive guy in the room, but there is the understanding that you're going to try to search for the good in the situation, right? And this is where gratitude comes into place. It's really easy to be grateful when everything is going well. You just won the lottery. Yeah, it's pretty damn great. Easy to be grateful at that point. You get a promotion at work. Very easy to be grateful. Now, can you be grateful when things aren't going your, your way, right? When you get rocked on the blind side, when you lose your job, when you lose a client, when you, you know, when COVID hits and maybe you have to lose a little bit of income, right? Those moments, finding the things to be grateful for is the biggest difference of someone who's has a positive mindset compared to someone who has a negative mindset. Because at that point in time, it's too easy to look at the negative where the person that can actually look inward and find the things to be grateful for, even when things aren't going their way, that's a person who has a truly winning mindset. And they're going to do really well in life because if you're able to find the, the, the goodness and the gratitude when things aren't going your way, just imagine when things are, are going your way. And that means you're protected, right? You, you, you have taken control. You have given, you know, the negative person gives control, to the circumstance where the positive person, they own their control, right? They don't give up their control. They control their situation by controlling their attitude. So that's the first one for developing a winning mindset. That is just taking a look at the positive in every potential situation, you know, addressing the negative, but again, turning it into, hey, what is the good in all of this? What is the one thing that this can lead to, you know, a greater prosperity in? Okay, guys, number two, engage in uplifting content. So this is a pretty easy one. You know, I would say this is something that I've I've fully adopted, but I, I can see how a lot of people go through life and they easily miss this one. They walk past it. They don't understand the true value of engaging in uplifting content. So they constantly engage in the same negative, pessimistic material that doesn't really give them any sort of boost or energy or motivation or drive to do anything else right great example listening to the news and you're hearing all about the negativity that's going on in the world right you hear people suing each other you hear the two sides of the coin through the different political agendas you hear people getting canceled it's just constant negative right you hear about natural disasters all over the world and killings and all the craziness right and that's one way to engage in content right it's not very fulfilling it's not very um it's not upbringing right it's not doing anything to really give you a sense of you know purpose and happiness engagement right it's kind of putting you in, in a bit of a of a low and lull so when i talk about engaging uplifting content you want to read and, and do things that are going to add motivation to your day that are going to kind of kick start momentum so great ways to do that naturally are through books through the podcasts you listen to, to the videos you watch on YouTube, um, to the groups that you engage in, to the communities that you involve yourself with, and, and obviously to the people that you talk to and uh, you, you you converse with. So when we're talking about you know engaging in this kind of content, the cool thing is once you start engaging in it, it's like every time you read something or you watch a video that is motivating or you listen to a podcast that gives you some sort of advice that's going to improve your life, it builds immediate momentum. It gives you energy. It gives you this surge of energy. And the cool part is obviously with how the alg algorithm is through YouTube and social media, 
um, and through podcasting, I probably, I believe as well, once you start listening to one or two videos and maybe audio books, it starts suggesting other ones that are very similar to that. So once you start consuming that uplifting content, all of a sudden you're requested and you're, you're given access to all this new information that you wouldn't have been privy to based on you listening to all the negative stuff that you typically listen to. So it's a great way to really build momentum on something. And, you know, for me, it's, it's been a godsend. It's, you know, to me, the way I look at it is like, I, I think readers are leaders, right? And as corny as that kind of sounds, you listen to and, and you read about all the, you know, richest, wealthiest, most successful individuals in the world, and they all advocate to read and learn and constantly educate and improve on their skill set. And the only way you do that is by listening and learning and engaging in material from people that know more than you, that have accomplished more than you, that have done amazing things in the world. So naturally, when you read and you listen and you watch certain types of content that is giving you the tools to become successful, giving the tools to become healthier, giving the tools to live a healthier, more fit, rewarding lifestyle, and you start just slowly but surely accumulating one to two tips a day, before you know it, yeah, you probably hear a lot of the same stuff. The amount of times I've heard, you know, you got to eat protein with all your meals, and you got to, you know, eliminate junk food, and you got to go out for walks, and you got to make sure you sleep um, with a good constant sleep schedule. And they got to reduce stress levels, and it's really important to be mindful. And you you, know, you want to think positive, and you want to have you know a positive attitude towards every situation. I've heard that and read that a thousand different times in a thousand different ways from hundreds of different experts. But every single time, it hits me a little bit differently, right? Their perspective is a little bit different, and it just reinforces the importance, right? Because it's not just one person saying it, and it's not just my neighbor saying it. It's the leading professionals that I look up to, that I admire, that are giving me this advice to advance myself in my career, advance myself as an individual. And it's constantly reinforcing the programming that I need need to be successful to develop a winning mindset, right? We have the tools, we have endless resources at our disposal. We just choose to ignore it and we take our attention somewhere else. We take our attention not knowing how detrimental it is to hear negativity over and over and over. And we have to understand and we need to, you know, disrupt that pattern or we're constantly going to think just thinking a certain way is normal, right? It, it, this is this is what life is. I'm not supposed to be overly motivated. That's why you hear a lot of negative people go, I don't get why that person's so positive and how they have so much drive and ambition. Well, they constantly reprogram their thinking, Right? neuroplasticity, the idea that when you take something in and you do it more often and more often, that naturally that becomes your way of thinking. So that's what you got to do. When you engage in uplifting content, you will develop a winning mindset. I promise you that. You know, Since I graduated and I really got into this whole self-development um, field by building leaders and becoming a leader myself and becoming you know, an entrepreneur and, and business owner through multiple avenues, I've had to develop that winning mindset. And the first thing that I did that really got me started and going down this path was engaging in books. And it's something that I advocate uh, a crap ton of, right? This is something I'll read, you know, hopefully between, you know, 15 to 30 to 45 books a year, um, depending on how big the texts are. Obviously, you get some books I could read in three to five days and other ones that I'll, I'll engage and I'll reference for the next six months, like these big fitness textbooks. But, you know, I'm constantly sharpening my tool. And then that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to constantly be aware of the fact that if I don't do that, that I'm going to slowly start adopting different types of thinking that I don't want to adopt. And, I, and it's, it's too it's too abundant, right? There's not enough positivity going out there. There's not enough positive content available, you know, readily available. Like we almost need to search for it, which is the, the unfortunate part. Um, so for us, it's really important that we go out and we actively engage in this process because we're not going to be handed it the most most of the people we talk to aren't going to lift us up most of the content we hear about is going to be negative so we need to actively engage in this process okay guys number three surround yourself with those you desire to live like and that you respect so this goes right into the idea of 
you know, the five closest people study. So one of my favorite uh, motivational speakers and authors, Jim Rohn, he was actually Tony Robbins' first mentor. And he gave Tony Robbins a job as, as a young kid or an adult coming up into the in the game of motivation and you know eventually Tony Robbins obviously became one of the biggest names um within this space and Jim Rohn is just he's just great really really fun way of how he how he uh presents himself on stage and he has this like southern draw to him but just a very interesting individual and very successful individual and he he stated um in one of his speeches that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and to, you don't really need studies to back this up. There are studies that do back it up, um, but you don't need it. Obviously, you understand that the people that you surround yourself with, you're going to start acting more like, right? If you hang around with five negative people, you're going to start thinking and acting more negatively. If you surround yourself with five millionaires, you're probably going to be a little bit more ambitious. You're going to have a greater sense of how to accumulate wealth. And you're going to pursue that lifestyle. And not because you necessarily even want to. It's just by influence, right? People are the biggest influence in our life. Yeah, of course, the content we engage in is huge. But the people that we really surround ourselves with and the conversations that we have and you know the opinions that are shared, those are the things that really stick to you. And they have, they have so much influence, right? Um, to downplay that, I, I can't even downplay it because it's so important and it's so prevalent in terms of how you think and your approach to life and that's why I've always been very cautious of my my circle and my network and making sure that I don't allow that to seep into my being there's been so many times that um, when I was working through that sales job and that direct marketing job where I was actually building leaders so often maybe 30 40 percent of the time it wasn't that the individual lost motivation they lost motivation through the conversations they were having with their parents and their friends and and the parents and the friends they couldn't see what they were pursuing and they would be you know very negative with the the path that they were on and that influence seeped into their subconscious and then when they came to work and they were you know noticeably defeated and down i would talk to them and they would say uh, yeah my mom doesn't think it's it's great or you know my friend says it's not a very successful path and this and that and and for me i was i was seeing it i i saw what success could be created i went to these conferences and workshops and you would see that you know how big this this thing was and i'm like well these people just can't see it right and their influence regardless of how much validity there is to it like these people had no clue what we were doing they didn't understand the business they didn't understand the job they didn't understand the pursuit yet the influence was still affecting the individual where i got to the point where i really disconnect from when someone isn't living the life that i want and they're trying to give me advice i'll listen to it but i'm gonna have you know a little bit of grain of salt attached to that because i'm like they're not living the life i'm trying to create they're not in my shoes they're never gonna know what I'm trying to do. They're never going to know the journey that I'm on. So they can give me their opinions, but at the same time, they're living a completely different life. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't see life that way and they're very influenced by others' opinions, right? They want to fit in. They don't want to feel like an outcast. For me, you know, luckily I want to feel like an outcast because I realize that 90% of the world isn't very fulfilled. There are a lot of people, I think the stats are crazy at like 60 to 70% of people hate their jobs. So for me, if I'm like, if I'm doing the opposite of what the majority are saying, I'm on a good path, right? And that's how I look at life. And that's, that's everything I've done. No joke has been based on, well, can I separate myself from the masses, right? It, can I be the 1%? And that was what the thing I was pursuing because I was terrified of ever getting close to that you know, bottom 70 or 60% of people living a very mediocre, unfulfilling life. And so for me, it was about really protecting my environment, my circle and making sure I was around people that had, you know, similar goals, similar ambitions, similar mindset to growth and development. Um, and just so we're clear on the, the research, a, a Harvard researcher, um, a research study by social psychologist David McClellan states, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. 95%. That's crazy, right? That's, that's, that's the same stats basically as accountability, having someone personally 
um, you know, be accountable for, right? If you, if you're attached to someone who's going to hold you accountable and it's like a coach or trainer or a mentor that you're 95% more likely to be successful, the same stats apply to your circle. And again, that's not very surprising. Um, it's typically why you don't see two people that are in really good shape hanging out with three really obese people, right? Chances are the really obese people are hanging around with other people that aren't, you know, nurturing that aspect of their life and chances are the fit people are around people that live the mindset and lifestyle of taking care of their mind and body um you know that's why you don't see people that are really poor hang out with people that are really rich right it's just two different goals in life and naturally we want to feed off the energy of the people that we surround ourselves with and then it comes a point that the really wealthy understand this and they say you know what for me to grow and prosper and develop and become the person that I want, I need to surround myself with like-minded individuals. So super important. And, and, a, and a great quote by Abraham Lincoln here is, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. And I love that because it translates right into it. That you're not just going to jump into an endeavor and not change up anything. The sharpening of the axe is the sharpening of your mind. It is creating a circle and network of people that are going to lift you up that are going to build you up they're going to you know supply you with education and knowledge and support for you to actually grow into the individual that you're looking to become so that's one mistake a lot of people do right they jump into an endeavor and they don't nurture these areas right they don't change up their network they they constantly have the same conversation with the same people at the same jobs and those people don't want to challenge their narrative. They don't want to go outside their comfort zone. So what do you think is going to happen? They're going to naturally bring you down like crabs in a bucket, right? Just pulling you back down to their level. And eventually you need to make the decision to sharpen your ax before you jump into this stuff or while you're doing it, knowing that without sharpening the ax, you're going to you know, be chopping away at a tree with a dull ax for way too long. And, and that's not sustainable either. Okay, guys jumping into number four stop making excuses and rationalizations for poor performance tardiness communication basically own everything you do and this one i couldn't agree more with obviously it's my list so I'm, i agree with all of them however this one I, i've seen so often applied and misapplied right i've seen people that want to be successful, yet they constantly make excuses. They talk about why they're not performing well. They talk about all the reasons that people are against them and why they're not hitting sales numbers. It's embarrassing. Um, and it's a flat out like delusion, right? Those individuals are delusional, right? If someone works in sales and they're not hitting their numbers and they choose to blame anybody but themselves, they are delusional. Because here's the thing, especially with sales, before I go into a rant about sales, but if you make money, the company makes money. If you make money, the manager looks good. Do you think that they don't want you to make money? Do you think they're trying to hold you back? Like that one example is just is is so you know black and white, right? At that point, like if you do well, someone else does well. That's a good thing for everybody. Like nobody's trying to hold that person down. Yet we so often see people within sales or people within, you know, wellness or, or any field for that matter. I'm not even going to generalize here, um, but in all fields that just make excuses for their underperformance and why they're not making money and why they're being held back as if someone has a vendetta against them. And to me, you're never going to develop, you know, success in life with that mindset, right? Because there's too much to rely on in terms of rationalization and excuses, right? There's always going to be a reason for why you can say you didn't accomplish that. There's always going to be a reason for to say why you're not in shape or why you didn't write that book or why you didn't pick up that instrument or why you didn't cook for the for the week ahead. There's always a reason, right? And, and some of them are actually really valid, right? People have busy lives. They have a lot going on. So those excuses, not like sometimes they're not invalid, but they're still excuses, right? There's There were still an opening to get the thing done, right? You just maybe had poor time management. Um, you know, you lacked preparing yourself properly. There's, there's a million reasons why you should have been successful that day. But you not looking for the solution and you just looking for the problem and looking for the excuse is going to keep you exactly where you are. You need to be someone who actively engages in 
problem solving and looking at your situation as what could have I changed to have made the situation better for me? Because you can't control how someone else thinks or what they do or what happens around you. All you can control is how you approach life and how you approach the day. So you need to do a way better job of owning all of that, right? Everything that happens to you from here on out is your fault. I don't care what Susie did. I don't care what your boss said to you. I don't care about what the weather's like. It is your fault that you didn't accomplish the thing you wanted to accomplish. You know, and this is something that's really hard for people to adopt because like I said, there's always going to be, you know, excuses. Some of them are going to be really, you know, inappropriate excuses. Some of them are going to be somewhat valid. But at the same token, you can either be someone who has a story or that someone has a result. And I choose to be someone who produces results. And I know if I don't produce a result, I own it, you know, and I go, okay, Brandon, like you messed up today. Like you didn't maximize your day. You didn't put a schedule together to really optimize what you were trying to achieve. And I can own that. I can accept that. I'm not going to beat myself up on that. I'm going to have empathy towards myself, but I'm going to get back to it the next day, but I'm at least do that by knowing it was my fault and it wasn't somebody else's fault for me not getting what I needed to get done. So once you can own everything you do, it, it takes pressure off your shoulders. Like it actually relaxes you because you now have taken back control, right? Nobody is controlling your situation. No one's controlling your circumstance. You are completely 100% authentically in control of your success success in life and that is really fulfilling and that is it's just nice right it's really cool to know that okay whatever happens to me it's my fault and and all I got to do is can, is do a better job managing Brandon and manage myself because if I can do that anything's possible if I can go in with that proper mindset and I can go in and I can you know improve my circle and I should have engaged in better content like all those things if you look at your day and you didn't do those things is your fault right if you looked at oh I have to do this and then you chose to watch the news over watching something that would have clearly propelled you to engage in better material or you know get working out or whatever it is um and you had a poor network with you all day long. You had people that were just kind of joking around and, and uh, you know, messing and I was going to say effing the dog. But you know what I mean? Like they weren't doing a lot that day. Like that's your fault that you chose to engage in those habits, right? That you made that choice. That was your choice. You didn't have to do that. During break, you could have read, but you chose to scroll on Instagram. You know, during break, you chose to get fast food instead of having food prepared for yourself, right? You chose to go to bed earlier last night rather than prepare lunch for yourself like all those things fall right into your lap and until you become someone who owns everything you do you're gonna probably have a loser mindset and a losing mindset so the biggest thing i can say is just own everything everything's your fault from here on out and it was probably the best piece of piece of advice i heard from my mentor at my first job coming to university and we were going into the field that day to do some sales and and it was a rainy day we knew it was like a crappy environment to be going door to door and business to business. And she walked in, she gave a good speech and she said, guys, today, just know your success is your fault, but your failure is your fault too. So you dictate your success or failure. But at the end of the day, it's your fault. So if you win today, you won because it, you deserved it. But if you lose, you lost because you deserved it. And to me, I just, it sunk in to be like, you know what, today is my fault right if I win today you're damn right I went out there and I earned that if I lost today you're damn right I I deserve to lose like I could have fixed my situation and it takes a lot of self-auditing takes a lot of reflection hence why a lot of people don't do it because it's difficult it's time consuming but it saves you a lot of time it saves you a lot of energy because you don't have to constantly look for the excuse and then put that energy onto somebody else it goes right back onto you and controlling yourself is way easier than controlling the 10 people around you or controlling the news you know like that's not gonna happen you're not gonna control those things you have the choice to engage in different content you have the choice to turn off the tv you have the choice to go to bed earlier you have the choice right it's your choice own that and understand whatever happens to you it is 100 percent no ands, ifs, or buts about it. 100% your fault. This will create amazing freedom in your life. Number five, guys. Challenge the person you are. So, for people that don't know 
for me, that's a big part of what I live and I preach and I advocate and I educate on, right? I, I took on a 365-day challenge back in 2018, and that was kind of the thing that propelled my whole brand and business. And I was doing a, like a kind of a research project. All these projects that I do are, are based around research on how to you know, mentally develop my mind, how to become physically stronger, and how to you know, create better coping mechanisms to be successful, and what kind of mindset I need and body that I need to actually complete these very strenuous projects that are both mentally and physically taxing. And I actively searched for challenges that were going to put me outside my comfort zone and force me to become either better or they were going to break me. And for me, from my athletic background and competing background, you know, that's something I wasn't going to let happen. I wasn't going to let a challenge um, break me. I wasn't going to let an individual break me or a situation break me. And I had to understand that this was of utmost importance for me to take on these challenges, learn how to adapt gracefully, you know, put myself into a situation or circumstance of great struggle and figure it out, right? I wanted to create my own suffering and figure out the solution to that suffering in the moment. I wanted to put myself in a situation that I couldn't replicate right now right i could like all the challenges i do i can't train for necessarily i can train my body to a certain point but i know i'm going to experience certain moments that i can't prepare myself for it there there's so many variables and things that are just going to come up that i'm gonna have to you know slowly adapt to on on the fly and i do that you know throughout my training i i kind of build this shield but I know I'm going to have to really dig into the deepest sense of myself when I'm in those darkest moments. And what the challenges do, for me at least, they help me become more resilient, right? I become more durable. I'm a more durable, strong-willed individual. Um, I become more unbreakable, right? And this transfers over. This isn't just because I want to be some sort of Spartan warrior. It's about the idea of this translates and transfers over to my everyday life. Right, if I can be more, become more resilient when my mind and body is at complete, well, what looks to be complete zero, almost at the the, the t- gas tank is empty. I'm in the most pain of my life. It's cold. It's dark. I've been moving for twenty four plus hours in a row. You know, I'm, I'm I'm basically just destroyed. But I got a lot left in the tank. That transfers over to when my day's difficult, or when I'm you know dealing with stress, or when it's a busy day, or when I have to, you know, engage in a sales meeting that I don't really want to engage in, and it's maybe it, or it's a, you know, something I gotta go back and forth with somebody, and I gotta keep my cool, you know, the, all those things are just opportunities for me to become more, become stronger, within the everyday life, and that's that's the biggest thing, right? Like what I do in these challenges are great and all, but at the end of the day, I want to make my life easier. So if I can become that resilient, durable, unbreakable, adaptable individual. I'm going to do really well in life, right? And and I'll become less fragile to failure because guess what? I'm going to fail in some of those challenges. Some of the challenges are just so big. They're so unique that even the best in the world fail, right? There's just too many variables to sometimes prepare for. And if I do failure, if I do fail, sorry, and I, and I succumb to failure, I'm going to learn how to bounce back. And, and to prime example a few years back, I signed up for a 120-mile ultramarathon in British Columbia. And I was feeling pretty good. My body was feeling pretty dang good. I showed up a couple days early. Most of my races, I showed up the night before like a crazy person and slept in the back of a car or a crappy little cabin. This time, I had like two days before the race. I was in British Columbia, so I was in the province. I was right there. I was able to acclimate to the, the climate a bit, um, get some good sleeps. And the race, I felt pretty good. I got into about mile, about twenty hours in. I was like sixty miles in, and you know, it it was it was a tough race. Like it's a lot of uphill. The mountains are crazy, and I I threw the towel in. And, I, and at the time, I said to myself, you know what? Like I'm just I'm just not feeling. I'm not engaged with this process at all. I was never really looking forward to it too much. And, and I came up with this rationalization of why I, I I was gonna drop out. And I knew it in the moment. I was like, you know what? I'm really not. Like my body has a lot more to give. Like the at the point where I dropped out, I had to go back four miles, back to the starting one of the starting points, 
uh, four miles back, or I could have continued going forward for like three miles or something of that nature, or is that over, or six miles? And I was like, you know what? I'll just go back four miles. So I I clearly had a lot more in the tanks. I walked back another four miles just to go back to an aid station to get picked up at. And you know, I I was okay with that decision in the moment. You know, I was very okay with it. I was content with it because I was like, you know what? I'm all about fulfillment in this moment, in this whole situation. I haven't really been too fulfilled. I was too focused on the end goal. I was too focused on the 120 miles being complete. I wasn't engaged in the process. But when I came back home after a couple of days, I thought about it. And I said, you know what? That, I wrote a blog. That's a great way for me to kind of get my thoughts out and do some reflection. And I wrote a blog that was titled, I believe, Something of the Nature, that I'm okay that I dropped out of the race, but why can't ever use that excuse again? And I was very aware that that excuse is a one-time excuse. I did it. I dropped out. I failed on that race, but I could never go back. I had to understand that, Bren, you need to figure out how to approach a race where you are engaged. And if you made the mistake of looking at the race and the totality of it all and that you weren't you know, engaged in the hour-by-hour process and that's why you failed, that's okay, but don't ever let it happen again. So what did I do? Three weeks later, I said, okay, I, I, I like Googled next 100-miler closest to me. There was a 100-mile race in Halliburton. And I had three weeks. I said, okay, beautiful. I'm signed up for that. I'm getting the, I'm getting this thing finished. And I did some self-reflection. I, I, I really you know, looked at how I could approach the race um, from a much more engaged process, right? How I could engage with the hour by hour and the mile by mile and, and really invest in the whole race rather than just look at the finish line. So I did some good deep reflection there and I showed up to that race and I completed it, right? I did a hundred miles and three weeks earlier, I did 60 miles and, and, and threw it in, right? Cause I wasn't mentally there. So I did the reflection and I came back and I completed the hundred mile race in 29 and a half hours, 30 minutes before the cutoff. And it just, that was just an example to show you that I bounced back, right? I became very adaptable. I, I took that failure I had three weeks ago and I actually became stronger three weeks later, literally 40 miles stronger that I went basically double the race close to it at least, or, you know, two thirds of the race more. So it just showed how powerful your mind could become when you throw yourself in these challenges and you give your op- give yourself an opportunity to digest the material and, and really engage in self-reflection and come back with a much greater perspective. And that takes time again. That takes the the ability to sit with your thoughts, give it a couple days, digest the material, and then come back and see, hey, how can I take this and bring it back to my life? And those challenges and projects, you know, if you see me, I'm usually smiling a lot through pictures of these events. I'm trying to keep my my head in a good space. I'm trying to look at the positives of what I'm experiencing and what they're going to do for my life after the fact. Okay, guys, number six of eight, get clear about your values. And this is a big one when we're talking about developing a winning mindset because if you don't know why you want to develop a winning mindset or what that looks like, you're not going to stick with it, right? So knowing what you value, knowing the characteristics you want to be known for, knowing what's important to you, um, living up to your values and standards are all very important things, right? Because if you don't know your values, you could be making decisions every single day that don't align with who you are and you have no clue why you're unfulfilled. You have no clue why you feel like you have meaningless in your life. You have no clue why you feel so disengaged with the process and the life that you've created. So getting clear about your values allows you to reset the person that you want to be and actively pursue that person. Go down a path that has some real transferable effects. So when we're talking about developing a winning mindset, start off by breaking down your values. What are some things that I I, I value in life to the highest degree that I absolutely need to nurture to feel fulfilled? And then when you have that list, you know whether it's you know, I value family, I value my, my freedom, I value creating impact, I value being service to others, um, I value being a leader in life. Now you can start taking those values and you can start putting it out into the world and choosing to engage in certain opportunities or, you know, projects or whatever it may be. And it will be much more down the path of you feeling like you're in a, in a winning state, right? Because that point, 
you've taken the time to understand what you don't want to do and what you do want to do, at least from the grand scheme. And then you can start harnessing in different little, you know, topics and projects and ways of living that are going to look and make you feel like a winner. And again, that's one of the biggest things that I would always do when I, when I would start a new journey. I'd ask myself, okay, what are the things that I really value in life? Um, and then I would approach that with my day-to-day decisions. And, and then that's what, that's what winners do, right? They understand what they're doing. They understand why they're doing it. And they allow their values to be the thing that pushes them in direction towards a more winning lifestyle. And again, it's been, it's been a godsend for me at least. It's been really powerful for me to understand what exactly I value and then trying to live up to that person um, every single day. And again, it reinforces you to sit back again, you know, look at yourself, make sure that the decisions and the approach to life that you're living right now is coherently you, right? It's It's you in a nutshell and it's not something that is in conflict with who you want to be um, because if that is the case you'll never develop that winning mindset because you're constantly in conflict and there's this constant sense of friction and tension in your decisions and the lifestyle that you're living and it's too hard to sustain momentum and motivation and ambition when you feel like you're constantly going against the person that you are trying to become okay guys number seven these two are somewhat attached here but it's showing up it's beating resistance and if i were to write a five parter in terms of like how to become the strongest you which i actually am writing a transitional article on my website which should be available in the next i don't know two two to four weeks but um but showing up is it would be one of them right and i i read about this a few weeks back maybe a month ago in Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And this, his whole book is about how to fight resistance and how resistance is something that we all experience, but how we can start navigating our environment to, you know, defeat resistance. And it's so important when we're talking about developing a winning mindset that we need to figure out how to show up regardless if we want to or not, right? The only way you're going to actually be someone of substance and of great impact is by doing the thing that you're meant to do or want to do even when you don't feel like it. it's just like when we talked about being positive when you win the lottery compared to being positive when you have a death in the family it's the same kind of thing right we need to be able to show up when things are good you know it's easy to work out and go for a run when it's sunny and you got it's a saturday and you got a whole bunch of freedom and it's, it's the thing that lets you unwind and and feel free compared to it's a little bit cloudy, maybe a little cold. You just got home from work, right? Those are two way different situations and, and two completely different um, circumstances. And one's really easy to go for that run. And the other one is makes it really hard and difficult to go for that run. But the run still needs to get done, right? If you're trying to become a winner and you want to develop that winning mindset where you show up and you take care of business and you get in shape or you become a better leader or a better, you know, influence uh, for your family and friends you need to show up right if you want to write that book you need to show up if you want to become an expert in your field you need to show up every single day not just when you feel good because there's just gonna be too many days that you don't feel good and that's just not enough that's just not a good enough excuse you know you need to actually go out and become that person um, and a quote from his book that i absolutely loved and i'm going to read for you guys right now he talks about the professional has learned better he knows if he caves in today, no matter how plausible the pretext, he'll be twice as likely to cave in tomorrow. Resistance is like a telemarketer. If you so much as say hello, you're finished. The pro doesn't even pick up the phone. He stays at work. And to me, that sums it up to such a degree, right? The, the, the professional, right? And sometimes we, we, we hear the professional and we think just, just our occupation. But, pro, the, but the professional in terms of developing a winning mindset the professional shows up. They, they are constantly thinking in terms of how can I strengthen my mind? How can I become the an actual winner? How can I be, become someone who lives this lifestyle and isn't just saying these things or talks about wanting them but, but lives it and goes about it? And the professional just understands that if they cave in today, they cave in you know, um, yeah, tomorrow, then it's going to – 
skyrocket. It's going to snowball, right? You're going to see the momentum get built where it's so easy to not do the thing the next day. And it's so easy to put it off constantly. You know, I don't know how many times I've done this meditation where I've meditated for 10 days and all of a sudden I take, I miss a day and then the 12th day I'm like, oh, I didn't do it yesterday. And then you, and you just, you forget about it. And then before you know, it, you're like, it's been a week and you haven't meditated. And for most things I'm pretty good at. And, but that's just one example for me where I'm like, man, like not showing up has such a huge impact. I haven't given myself enough time to build that habit with all the other stuff. It's a habit now working out, reading, writing, listening, to content that's going to you know progress me forward in my in my path towards success and wealth and happiness those are just automatics now they're they're habitual so showing up is the probably the number one way you know after having a positive attitude because you can't show up and be pissy about it but showing up will just slowly but surely you will grow into such an you know unstoppable force because you think about it in terms of writing a book, for example, in 50,000 words, if you show up and you write 500 words a day within, I don't know how many days that is, my math sucks, but again, if you do 5,000 or 500 words a day, in two days, that's 1,000 words, look at that, in about 500 days, I think that's the math, we have wrote 50,000 words, right? It adds up like crazy, like just like, no, that's way less days, like I got to do the math for you guys because I feel like I'm just butchering the math for you. Yeah, if we do 550,000 divided by 500, 100 days. Oh my God. Sorry for that horrible math lesson for you guys. But yeah, 100 days, guys. 100 days, you'll write 50,000 words if you just show up and you do 500 a day. That's showing up every single day, though. It's not thinking about the 50,000. It's not thinking about the book at the end of the, end of the um, year or the end of two years, is thinking about showing up, putting in the work, regardless of every day you feel like it or don't. You just show up, you do it, you write. Some days is good work, some days is piss poor work. I've been there. Some days I write a paragraph that I go, wow, this is great. Other days I read that back and go, what the hell was I writing? How is this even something that I, I put together? And sure, slowly but surely, it comes together. Because every single day you're going to have eventually with that type of momentum and that type of um you know fight against resistance you're gonna have way more days that you win and those 500 those good days that should have been 500 words are going to turn into 2000 and you're going to see the growth and before you know it you've written 20,000 words you got you know 40 pages in front of you and you go wow this is this is turning into something and it's such a good example because it's like slowly but surely success falls follows you right? It, it will come. It, it will grow into something, but you need to be willing to fight resistance. You need to be willing as the professional to show up regardless. Just like my direct marketing job, I had to show up every single day. As a professional, I had to be a leader. I had to perform. I had to make sales. I had to be someone with a positive mindset. I had to give speeches and you know provide these morning meetings that jacked everybody up. I had to. As a professional, I wanted to run a business. I wanted to run my own company. Those were my options. I had to show up. Everybody that chose to, everybody else that showed up four out of the five days or three out of the five days, they didn't own their own office or company 10 months later. I did, right? Because I showed up every single day and I understood I had to beat resistance. That was my path to success. And that's the path to a winning mindset, showing up. Hey guys, finally, number eight, appreciate delayed gratification, Okay. And also apply to delay gratification, for God's sake. So this is a big one, right? To have a winning mindset, you have to understand success and greatness and happiness takes work and it takes time. Um, whether it's you know your fitness, whether it's within your path of success in, in your career, whether it's building a strong, durable relationship, becoming a good parent and brother and sister and child for example you need to put the work into that right there's no other way around it you cannot just gonna speed fix yourself right anything that's worth doing takes time it, it takes an investment in who you are right unfortunately we're not just superhuman and we can't just read one book and become extremely knowledgeable right and we're not gonna have all the answers it's a constant 
I don't want to say struggle, but it's a constant investment in who you are. And it's not a bad thing. That should be one of those things that we, we look forward to, right? That we get to constantly build who we are up. We get to constantly develop ourselves and see the growth and experience us feeling more confident in who we are. So we need to understand that we can't have the body we want in six months, that we can't have the life we want in six months, that we can't achieve the happiness we want in six months. It is an ongoing effort. It's an experience that never really ends. It doesn't mean every single day you need to you know, be, be killing yourselves to experience gratification, right? You're going to be gr- grateful for every day. You're going to find things to be grateful for. But we need to also understand if you're trying to, you know, quicken the result, it's going to be very short-lived, right? That's why you see those 30-day quick-hit diets. They don't work, right, because it's too fast. It wasn't It wasn't meant to be a, a good body and a healthy body isn't meant to be achieved in 30 days. It takes time. Those things can be great momentum builders, but they're not the be-all, end-all. They're not the thing that you stop at. It's a constant investment, and you need to understand that. And again, going back to the art war of art from Stephen Pressfield, I took a passage out of here that I really loved as well, talking about a professionalist patient. And he talks about, and he, sorry, he states, resistance gets us to plunge into a project with an overambitious and unrealistic timetable for its completion. It knows we can't sustain that level of intensity. We will crash. The professional understands delayed gratification. He is the ant, not the grasshopper. The tortoise, not the hare. The professional arms himself with patience. He knows that any job, whether it's a novel or a kitchen remodel, takes twice as long as he thinks, costs twice as much. He accepts that. He recognizes it as reality. And again, profound words from a profound individual. But yes, everything you think you want to accomplish, understand it will take longer than you think. Right? I've written, I've started writing (laughs) so many different books, and I understand and I I get all excited about, you know, what are the next six months I can get this done if I just stick to, you know, 500 words per day. We did the math, right? But again, uh, things come up, right? Some days those words are crap, and then you got to do 10 to 20 to 40 different edits. I'm telling you, like, I I, I wrote a 104 page nutrition ebook over lockdown took me about two and a half three months to write and an edit and the editing was the crazy part it was just going back and forth i guarantee like so got things in there i would want to change or or little simple wording i'd want to adjust and you know to me i thought i could have done it in in 30 days i was like you know it's just you know i'm just basically giving people the fundamental guide to really improving their health through nutrition and you know three months later, all this stuff. And that's fine. I was super happy that I got it done in three months anyways. But any big book that I'm going to invest into and start trying to write, I understand there's research to be done. There's editing to be done. There's paragraphs and pages I've written that I'm probably going to completely dismiss and get rid of. And it's not going to be aligned with my thought process now. I'm going to learn different things. It takes time and I need to be okay with that. And anything I'm looking to accomplish, I'm very, I've, I've started adopting the five, 10 year down the road understanding. I go, you know, what, what am I doing today? The investment I'm making in myself that I don't get paid for, whether it's my writing, whether it's, you know, some guides that maybe aren't flying off the shelves. I understand those things are going to be useful for a lot of people when the time is ready. They're there. They're they're done. They're produced, right? They've allowed me to develop my skill set. So when I go, if I go on a different stage, I need to educate people that regardless of how successful that guide is online, how many people buy it, that is going to be a tool that I've used now to develop my mind that is going to, you know, give me back a ton in the future. And that in five, 10 years is going to set me up for a really stimulating exciting life and I'm living a life that I'm very happy with right now and I'm not just thinking well in five ten years I'm gonna finally be happy not at all but I understand the things that I'm working towards they're not achieved today or this month or next year I'm okay with that that I'm okay that if it takes five ten years to you know establish myself as as a, a leading expert 
then so be it. But I'm okay with that because I'm having fun with what I'm doing and I'm passionate about it and I'm developing and growing myself and I'm developing a winning mindset. So I can't complain about that whatsoever. Guys, thank you for listening. Like always, you can visit brandrick365.com for free resources and blogs and information. You can also check out the strong get strong now page with me and work with me and there are tons of programs and guides and like i said my nutritional ebook is available there as well a lot of different ways that you can work on developing yourself and improve your quality of life through the health fitness and performance realm and you can also visit me at brand rank at 365 on instagram where you can follow my story follow my journey and watch towards a record setting project that should be taken on in three and a half months early to mid-July. So great place to follow me and keep tabs with a healthy lifestyle. So guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening and be sure to check the next podcast.